Praise God. Amen. Amen tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Mm. God is good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Amen. He is so good. You glad to be here tonight? Come on. Amen. So, if you don't know how to do a specific task, and you're attempting to get better at that task, what do you do? What? Say it again. Practice. 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 You practice to get better. Amen? Always. Um, what do you, what do you, what, what is it that you have to practice to get better at basketball? The fundamentals. The fundamentals. Now, that wasn't staged right there, and that was, if he was, if he answered that wrong, I had the right answer. And he answered it correctly. And what are the fundamentals? One of the major fundamentals is dribbling. How to dribble. There's a correct way to dribble. How to dribble with your left hand. And why would a basketball player, why would it benefit a basketball player to be able to dribble with his left hand? Because he could go up against someone that would think he's right-handed and he's dribbling right-handed and he shifts left, he can fake that person out. He can score a basket. He can do whatever. Get past the defender. He can overcome obstacles by practicing the fundamentals. Amen? And it's no different in the kingdom of God. It's no different in the church world. Practicing the fundamentals are vital to our success. And you and I have a responsibility to learn and, and make sure that we don't get bored with the fundamentals. I was watching an interview with Steph Curry the other day from the Golden State Warriors. And, um, I, I, well, it was a while back, not the other day, but a while back. I was watching this and and the guy was asking him, he said, you know, why, why, do you, why, why do you feel like you score so many points? Why, why does it seem to be so easy? And that's what he said. He said, I've never stopped practicing the fundamentals. One guy asked him, he says, it looks like you play more golf than you do basketball. Because he, he, he's, he's a good golfer and he likes to play. And, and he says, yeah, I play a lot of golf. But he said, I, I'll never quit practicing the fundamentals. And that's why he's good, and he keeps being good. He didn't just have one good year. He had so many good years, they gave him $300 million to play a schoolyard game with a rubber ball. $300 million is his latest contract to play basketball. And the reason he's so good is because he practices the fundamentals. I don't know about you. I want to be good at life. Amen? I want to be good 
at living an overcoming life. How about you? God created us to live an overcoming life. And with that, and the reason we have to practice the fundamentals is because there's lots of obstacles. A lot of things want to get thrown in our way. And so tonight, I just have some some real basic fundamentals that I want to talk about. And um, how many know that no matter what you've heard before, you've never heard enough of something that's basic because how many know that with God's word, you can always get something different out of what you hear? See, so as you're sitting there tonight, over the next few minutes as we share some truths, God wants you to get something out of this that's life-changing. I tell you what, when I, when I come in here to preach, whenever I preach, that's what I expect is that the Word of God changes your life. The Word, the seed of the Word changes your life. Amen? We're sowing, we're sowing the seed and you're receiving the seed sown tonight. The Bible says the sower sows the Word and when the sower is convinced of coming and hearing and receiving Word that's being sown, it produces great results. Amen? Produces 30, 60, and 100 fold in your life. The, 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 see, see, a lot of times people think that Mark chapter 4 that talks about the parable of the sower, they're talking about money. No, they're talking about the word. The sower sows the word first. Then when you sow anything else in life, you can sow time when you have revelation from the word. You can sow money when you have revelation of the word, and it'll produce the same thing. But if you don't sow the word... If you don't have the revelation of the word on the inside, you can sow money to, till the cows come home and it ain't coming back to you. Well, think about it. Amen. <clears throat> you didn't have any cows. <clears throat> Mark chapter 11. <clears throat> Mark chapter 11. One of my favorite passages of scripture. Mark 11 and verse 23. Actually, the last part of verse 22 says, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. So, what this passage that we just read here, the last part of 22 and then verse 23, Jesus, this is all in red letters, says Jesus saying it. Jesus is saying, have faith in God and then say, say, say. Have faith in God, and then three times it says, say, say, say. Have faith in God. Having faith in God is connected to what you say. Having faith in God is not some little magic potion that just comes out of a bottle or whatever. If we say enough things, something happens. It's a lifestyle. When you, when you read this passage right here, it's talking about a lifestyle. It says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes that what he says 
to the mountain when he says it, it's going to come to pass, then he'll have what he says. That means he believes that what he's saying is what God would have him to say in regards to a specific situation that he's facing. Now, I'm going to get. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to just spend some time on this because I don't care how many times we hear things like this. There's so much more in just even one verse of scripture. So, follow with me for a moment. I, I, I'm I'm going to come back to that, but look at at what Matthew twelve thirty four says. <clears throat> Matthew twelve. And verse 34, uh, uh, verse 35, he said, For a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word men shall speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. For by your words, verse 37, you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. By your words, you will be justified or acquitted. By your words, you will be condemned or sentenced in life. This isn't in the afterlife. This is now. So by our words and and what we say, our life is either liberated or it's in bondage. We know the Proverbs scripture that says death and life are in the power of what we say. Death, Death and life is for your life is not... In, it's not in God's hands because God gave it over to you based on a promise that we're, that we're reading tonight. See, people think, well, you know, I just, I'm leaving it to God. Well, God never, that's not scriptural. It's not scriptural to leave something to God. And where people get that from is in 1 Peter 5 where it says, cast all your care on him. Well, to cast your care, you've got to have faith. Because most people don't cast, you see, if casting care was easy and it was simple, and it was just, I'm just leaving it with God, then you'd cast the care and let him take care of it. But most people don't. They hold on to it. So you have to have faith to be able to cast care. You don't just leave it to God. God has left it to us to do something with it in his ability and power to accomplish things. He's given it to me. Death and life in this life are in the power of what I say for my life. And remember that as, as we're going through this. By your words are you justified? By your words are you condemned? Then the other passage I want to look at is James chapter 3. James chapter 3 and verse 2. <clears throat> for we all stumble in many things. We all, you know, trip. We all trip over things. We all make mistakes. We all get tripped up. There's a lot of pressure in life, and there's things that come at us, and we all get tripped up. But notice what he said here. If any man does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man or a mature man, able also to bridle or control His whole body. You know what? I don't want to control my flesh for a month, 
two months, six months, for a year. Be on a good roll for a couple of years, and then you just kind of, then, then you're back like you were before. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not living that life. I'm progressing every day. Next year, my wife and I together, we turn 60 years old, and in my 60s will be the best decade of my life ever. Best decade, because I'm getting better every single day. You know why? Because I'm getting better at this. If any man controls what he says and says the right things, any man that does that with his mouth is the same as a perfect, mature man able to control and bridle his whole body, everything in his life. Whatever is out of order, you go back to this. You go back to what you're saying. But most people don't believe that, or they wouldn't say what they're saying. And most people are not convinced that that's even true. Most people I've met, they'll hear me when I say it. They'll hear me in things when I, when I, when I make comments or, or whatever about something like that. They hear me, but I can tell in their eyes they think I'm a nut. So you got to want to want to believe this. And that's when the change begins. So... What I want to look at tonight is, a, is, is two things. The rest of my time, I want to look at this. <clears throat> and I want to talk about what I, I feel like. I want to go back to Mark 11 and verse 23. And <clears throat> and well, I'm, I'm just going to give you some things. I, I want to share with you where I think... You know, I'm not judging the whole church world. I'm not, I'm not judging any of the church world, actually. I'm just judging what I see working in people. Because so much of what people judge their life by is how things look in the natural right now. You may have just driven yourself into the ground for things to look good in your life today, but how did you get there? What matters really is how you're getting where you're going. That's really what matters for all of us. How are you getting there? And God wants a foundation in you that you really believe in so that we don't find ourselves, and that's what I'm going to share with you tonight, we don't find ourselves sabotaging the things that we are attempting to do because of misinformation and understanding and the lack of, of following through and continuing in things in our life that we need to follow through in to see the real results. I'm talking about the results that last for the rest of your life. I want lifetime results, and I want it for you. Amen? Mark eleven twenty three is about saying. Mark eleven twenty four is about praying. Mark eleven twenty three is about saying. 
Mark eleven twenty four is about praying. Let's read those two verses again. Have faith in God, last part of 22. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, what's that mean? Because of what was just said. I say to you, whatever things that you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. So, tonight I want to, I want to look at two things that, that I think are they're, they're key when we understand that it's key, it, it's a key to not Allowing our lives to be sabotaged by what we say. Now, let me use a couple examples to kind of drive my point home or at least start driving it. Um, actually, I'm just going to use my eyes. Okay, I'm going to use my eyes. Um, I don't know when it was. I, was I, I don't remember where we were meeting at the time. From one week to the next, we could have been meeting somewhere else, but before we got in the building here. And, uh, and I was teaching, I was, I was ministering a series on healing. And a uh, person came up to me after the service or sometime, I don't remember when it was, and they said, um, Pastor, if you're healed, why are you wearing glasses? And uh, I gave him an answer, you know, told him at the moment just what came to me at the moment. But that was a really good question at the time. This is years ago. It was a really, really good question at the time. And uh, what we're talking about in this example is that Mark eleven twenty three is about what you say. Mark eleven twenty four is about what you pray. What I'm convinced about, what I've become convinced about in my own life, is that there are a lot of things in my early years of Christianity that I prayed about that I didn't need to be praying about. I was praying out of desperation, trying and hoping God was going to hear me. Oh, God, heal me. After 42 years of walking with God now, what I realize today is that He already healed me. Okay? When something attacks your body, or you go to the eye doctor, or you can't, pass your driving test and you have to get glasses what are you going to do about something like that you just well you know that's what happens when you when you get old that's what happens as you get older this this hap this happens and that happens and all these kind of things and yet what i have is a confession that i say all the time as god was with moses so is he with me his eyes were not dim, neither were his natural forces abated. Blessed are my eyes, for they see, and my ears, for they hear. 
That's what the Word says. Now, I make that confession all the time. I declare that all the time over my physical body. I declare it over my eyes. The next time in, uh, what year is this? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what year it is that my driver's license is going to be renewed, but I think it's 2022 20, or 4 or somewhere in there. But the next time, I'm going to pass the driver's test when they ask me to read those numbers in the little thing. I'm passing the test. My eyes are getting stronger every day. Why? Because of what I say. There's nothing worse than a bad confession that will sabotage a good prayer. Hello. I've got to turn my phone off. That's the only thing about using your phone as a Bible. How many get phone calls all day long from all over the planet? My God. From everywhere, right? Anyway, what was I saying? Yes. Nothing will sabotage a good prayer than a bad confession. Come in here. Somebody lays hand, you know, I lay hands, we speak, we agree, healed in the name of Jesus, and we leave here, and something, oh man, I, oh, ah, oh God, help me. And we forget about how vital it is to develop a mindset that is connected to how God thinks. And the reverse of that. A really horrible prayer can mess up confessions that you're making. You, you, you're not going to pray effectively if you're not confessing effectively. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, when he says them, he'll have everything that he says. So that when I pray... I'm praying according to how God sees the situation. Listen, when Jesus prayed, things happened. I'm convinced that because, our, because people's words are not right, I'm talking about on a day-to-day basis, situation to situation, we're not being challenged how we deal with something. I wear my glasses, number one, because the law tells me I have to wear them when I drive. And I wear my glasses. At times, I do a lot of reading and on computers and stuff, a lot. So I find myself, it helps my eyes to be a little rested. But I take my glasses off, and I don't use them a lot of times, and I'm speaking over them on a daily basis because I expect my eyes to get better. Did God create eyes that didn't work? He, 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 never, he, never, he never created a set. Things happen to people. 
people are blind or, or things in situations happen. But God never created blind eyes. That can make people upset and mad and those kind of things. And I'm not saying it to make anybody upset. I'm just saying God did what his word says he did and that's it. And that's what we have to learn. And that's what we have to learn to apply effectively so that we get the results. God wants results in your and my life. And he doesn't want us just talking about things. And we, He doesn't want us just looking and talking about what God did for someone else. God wants good things happening in your life. Because he created good to happen to you. But he has a plan. He has a way of doing it. And that way and that plan to accomplish in life, what, what you desire, I mean, everybody in here has desires in life, but I promise you, I promise you, effective praying comes from effective saying. And effective saying will produce effective prayers in our lives all the time. And that's where God wants us. But we have to want it. Can you say amen? It's not just throwing it out there and, you know, praying whatever we think is, 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 is the right way to pray. If we've been healed by the stripes of Jesus, then my confessions daily have got to be focused on how he made me well. Lord, I thank you today that by the stripes of Jesus that I am healed and what he paid for is for me. I thank you for it today. Over the last, uh, over the last uh, few weeks, there was a couple weeks in there when my body was just attacked with stuff and I found myself coughing and, and, and stuff uh, just attacking my chest like a burning feeling in my chest. Okay, that doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the word, right? You know, how, how did that enter in? You can sit around and focus on how did I let that happen? and how, You can do that or you can, you know what? I, I, I declare you're not remaining in my body. And I tell you, the more you do it, the more accustomed you become to not allowing pain and situations to affect your life. And you know what? Sometimes in our life, because nothing bad's going on and we don't really hurt all that bad or whatever, you don't think that's important. You, this is preventative. You're learning to understand how to operate this way to prevent things from remaining in your life if something happens in, in, in the future because the Bible doesn't promise us that nothing's going to come at us. But when it does, he's already set us up victorious. I'm already victorious before anything happens out there. I don't care what it is, and there's no knocking on wood that has to, ha you know, has to happen in my life, expecting that, you know, hoping that maybe bad things. No, bad things are going on out there all over the place. But bad things will not. They didn't prevail in the Apostle Paul's life, and they will not prevail in mine. It didn't say they didn't come. They just didn't prevail. He said, my God delivered me from all of them. Why? Because my God has already delivered me from everything that could ever bring destruction in my life and your life. That's the God we serve. Can you say amen to that? So, so, <clears throat> 
lately, we've been focused. For all, all the years we've pastored here, we've always encouraged people to understand why you pray Ephesians 1 and 3 in the Bible. Why to pray those prayers. Um, and the reason that we pray Ephesians 1 and 3 is so that people's eyes can be opened up to see clearly. See, there, there may be something going on in Randy's life, and I'm praying for him. Let's say, let's say um, that you know, something physically attacked his body, and so I'm praying for health and healing in his body. People have asked me through the years, you know, why don't we see more people well in situations? Like when, we, when, when people pray. Why don't, why don't more people get well totally? And I'm not looking for some blame game, you know, like blaming someone else. But listen to me. I can pray for him to be well. And if he's walking around talking about how sick he is and how sick he feels and all those kind of things... He's sabotaging the prayers that are going for him, trying to help him. You see? Now, that's not being critical of him or another person, but we've got to realize many things that should have been a certain way or should have happened a certain way were sabotaged because God gave us power with our words. He gave it to us. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but he gave authority, according to Psalm 115, he gave authority to the sons of men. We have authority. We have the power to bind and loose on the earth. That authority. You know the the scripture that we quote all the time out of Malachi chapter 3? Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. God said, prove me. That I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing that there's not room enough to receive. And he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Okay? Did it say that? It said he would rebuke the devourer for our sake. There's something about that promise in Malachi 3 that is really comforting. But I don't leave it at that because that's Old Testament. He's given me the keys of the kingdom, and whatever I bind is bound, whatever I loose is loosed, right? So I'm not negating that promise, but I'm taking it to another step, and I'm letting the devil know he's bound through my lips. I'm not giving him place in my home. See, for me to pray, the Lord rebuke you, unscriptural New Testament. Is that scriptural? Absolutely. It says it in scripture. But the context and what it was written in is not New Testament authority for the Lord to rebuke. Well, we'll just let the Lord do it. No, the Lord said we would do it. So now i got to do it His way. In His power, in His authority, in His strength, and the, the authority of His Word, and the power of His Spirit, and all that He's given me, all those things. So I'm not doing it in myself. I have to do it to enforce what He's already accomplished. That's what I've got to see day to day. That's why if I'm not saying, saying, saying on a daily basis, if I'm not saying, saying, saying... I'm going to be talked out by the enemy saying, saying, saying all these things that are contrary to what God says. 
The enemy is going to tell you things contrary to what God has already said is so. Say this after me. I'm healed. Do you have a right to say that? And I promise you, if you say that, say that, say that every single day, if you say it, say it, say it, it'll become more real to you. I'm not saying that saying I'm healed in a situation and you've got symptoms in your body that all of a sudden you're healed. I'm talking about in a manifested way. You're healed because of what he did. You have to believe that that's so. And the way Mark eleven twenty three 23 says that we begin to believe that is by us declaring that we are the way he says we are, not moved by what we know in the natural is not lining up with what he said is so. So you can't lie about it. You have symptoms. You have a diagnosis. Doctor said this about that. You can't say you don't have that because the doctor and the, and, and the medical science, everybody say, thank God for medical science, but they're not the healer. They give us the diagnosis and give us the information that we need to know what to say. Because I'm going to call those things which be not as though they were because he told me I have the authority to do that. And when you believe that and that gets downloaded on the inside of you, nothing can stop you. Nothing can. 2019 is a year we're overcoming in every way, shaking off the past and moving into the future in the authority of the things of God. Can you say amen to that? Amen? Amen. This is the time. This is the day and the time for you to become more accustomed to God's ways of doing and not the world's ways, not the enemy's ways. Because he's got ways, but they're not the ways he, God created us for. Can you say amen to that? Glory to Jesus. So, I'm going to end with this. Yeah, I have two things I could say, but I'm just going to say one. Um, So go back to Mark 11. And I want to I want to end with what I had said earlier, but I just want to clarify a couple things. Um, so <clears throat> There, there, are, there are a lot of things that you can pray about, but your mind has to know what prayer is. Prayer is communicating with God and connecting with God's way of doing something. So if I'm praying for the President of the United States, if I'm praying for him, okay, I'm not going to ask you the question. I'm just going to tell you. I think that there are times that we can waste time saying things over the president, praying certain things 
over the president, not, not, not saying things, praying things, praying things for the president that aren't going to be as effective as if we were saying things over the president. Mark eleven twenty three is talking about saying. Mark eleven twenty four is talking about praying. Now, when I make a declaration that I am healed in Jesus' name, that has to line up with what I'm saying. Or I sabotage my prayer. So, if we're in prayer ministry here at Gates of the City, and as we do all the time, and we're praying for the president, and then we get home at night, and <clears throat> you hear something on, on the news that says, well, you know, they're predicting that the president's going to be assassinated, you know, over the next year. And then you prayed that morning for his protection and care, but because of words that you heard talked about concerning the president, now you're talking about, oh my gosh, how awful. Could you imagine what could happen if he was assassinated? See, now you've sabotaged what you prayed that morning. Because your words didn't line up with God's word. So, Pastor, are you saying that we could stop an assassination that could happen? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. If, we, if all authority in heaven and earth was given to Jesus, and that authority was given to the church, then the church has, has the ability to do it. The reason people doubt that is because they've not spent more time watching what they say and spend a lot of time praying about stuff, what they call prayer, that really wasn't effective because they hadn't spent the time needed to change what they said out of their mouths. And that's what I'm convinced of for all of us, that as we challenge ourselves to spend time every day declaring what God's Word says about us, you, you, should, you should have a list of things that you speak over yourself, number one, and especially pray Ephesians 1 and 3 over other people because a lot of times you can pray certain prayers over people and sometimes those prayers are what you think should happen in their life. Lord, just give Joy the revelation to cut that beard off. What does that have to do with anything? I mean, you know, that sounds silly, but I'm, I'm talking about you can put anything in there. You can find yourself praying a bunch of stuff, and actually, actually, you can be used by the devil to pray certain things that are manipulation that you think some, should happen in another person's life. No, we need to pray that people's eyes are opened up so they can see what they need to do, see how to get their confessions in line, see how to believe the promises of God, and then there's no end to what can happen in their life. That's why we don't have to look down on people that are having problems in their life. Because we can all be looked down on. You don't have to be shocked because somebody's struggling in some area of their life or done something you think is just absolutely horrible. You need to be praying Ephesians 1 and 3 over them that their eyes be opened up so they can see clear to walk free. 
See, because I can pray all day for Dale, but if he's sabotaging my prayers by the things he's saying, man, that's not doing a whole lot. But I promise you, praying Ephesians 1 and 3 over him, it's going to get his eyes opened up. He's going to begin to see something. How does that happen? I don't know. But how many people follow through with those kind of prayers for a year or two or five or ten or twenty? Would it take that long? I mean... I pray those every day, multiple times a day, and it takes up about uh, a minute and 25 seconds. All of them. I mean, surely you can handle a minute 25. We have to believe this. And the more you do it, the more you believe it. And when you don't do it for a day or two, you pick it back up again, acting like you never missed it. And when you miss it, you pick it up again, and you stay with it, and you keep doing it, and keep doing it. What do you do? What, what, what do you practice? The fundamentals. We're practicing the fundamentals of faith in God so we become everything he created us to be so that we pray with power and things happen. But you'll never pray with power when you're not saying the right things and you're not believing that what you say is going to come to pass when you say it. That's what Jesus believed. And you realize Jesus was the son of God, but he came here to be the son of man. And he said everything he did will do, and even greater things, he was just here for a short period of time. We're here for a long time. And we can do even more than what he did on the earth if we learn his secret. I only do what I hear my father say and what does that mean what did he do then he went and did and said only what father gave him to say and father this is the bible and father has put father has put everything he said in his word and he's given it to us and now if we'll say what father says and we say it over ourselves and we say it over situations and then when we pray, we're asking God in line with what we believe because of what we've said. Because I've changed my belief system. Because now I'm saying, mm -mm. yeah, I know, I, I know I've coughed all day, but I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I know I'm wearing glasses, but blessed are my eyes for they see and my ears, they hear. Only time there's selective hearing when the cowboys are on. But I hear. Hmm? If, if Moses was 120 and he still had 20-20, and he was 120, he could still hear clearly, I can see and I can hear. Can you say amen to that? That's what the Word says. That's what, I mean, we've got to have something to go on. We can't just... Suppose and hope, and that's, that sounds good. No, it, it's got to do more than just sound good. It's got to be right. And it's got to be right for you. It's right for me. I'm getting stronger in it every day. It's right for me. But it's got to become right for you in the same exact way. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's got to increase. And the more we say, then the more we pray effectively.